Welcome to Invest Stories, a podcast about real stories, real estate, and taking real action. Join hosts John Cooper and Kyle Robertson as they talk investing, mindset, and taking that first step. We all have a story. What's yours? The Invest Stories Podcast. Can you hear my daughter shouting? <laughs> That's an intro. That was a great intro. You should have, you should bring to, her over. What she was saying in two and a half year old speak is welcome to the Investories podcast. I'm your host, John Hooper with me. Hey, it's Kyle Robertson. Hey, Kyle Robertson. What's up, John Hoover? How, how's it? You've been educating people this week. I have. Yeah, I got to spend nice. a weekend in Portland. Uh, they I guess I must have done OK the first go around. They invited me back this year to, to speak. Uh, just kind of tell my story and discuss some multifamily investing. So I did that on Saturday or Friday and Saturday. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. Very cool. Very cool. I went on a steam train. A steam train? I didn't realize there was such a for, thing anymore. For children, to be fair. Oh, okay. And I didn't go on my own. I took I took the little one. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> so yeah, that was that was fun, but not, not so much from the real estate educational piece. So. Yeah, that's all right. You got you to gotta still yeah. have fun, right? Come on. Sure. It wasn't fun. At the uh, conference? Oh, the conference was a blast. I was talking about your. I was <laughs> talking about your. <laughs> always good, always good. Yeah, but obviously now I have that mindset. Whenever I drive around anywhere, I'm like, oh, wonder how, wonder what that building's about. Yeah, right. <laughs> We've all got that. Um, so who have we got on today? We've got Travis Balcom, and Travis is a great guy. Uh, I've known Travis for I guess you know, going on a year now. I'm pretty close to it anyway. And uh, he's a he's a storage unit kingpin these days. He's doing some infill stuff, uh, purchasing as is or uh, in place storage units already. And uh, he's got a really interesting story because I mean the guy built a a very large fix and flip business and um, ran into some real headwinds a couple of times, not just once but twice. And uh, he does a great job in kind of running everybody through what it was like to build a big business like that, realizing oh crap I'm in trouble and pivoting and um, really sticking to his laurels about you know, paying back investors, making sure making everybody whole and just being that good, that good investor who maintains their integrity because that's really all we have in this business is our integrity and our, and our reputation. And, and he really he hammers home some really good lessons for everybody on that. There's, there's often a candidness to our guests and we, we like it the best when, when guests come on and be open and, talk and share their experiences and we really got that from this this conversation i think the other thing we really got is there's a real masterclass in self self storage if you're looking into self storage you know the the back end of this conversation has the the kind of rule of thumb to to take a deal analyze it kind of make start making decisions on it so um really worth sticking around for that as well um and hey how how do you guys like investories because we're thinking of changing it. Uh, no, that sounds dramatic, right? Now. We want to retool a little bit. Um, so get in touch and let us know what we, what you like, what you want to hear more of. If there's specific subjects or guests or a topic, or you want to come on and ask questions. Do you have any questions for Kyle? We haven't done that for a while. Mm, it's true. Um, and even, even the stuff. Just to interrupt you, John, but. How about the sure. stuff you don't like? You know, if there's yeah. th those are the things that that constructive criticism is what we like to hear the most because it allows us to to pivot to different things that that, that our listeners really want to hear. And if you don't like the types of questions we ask, if you don't like all the origin stories, you want to get into something you know really dig into a topic, a specific topic, a lot more. Then we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and if you don't like the hosts, 
Yeah, too bad. <laughs> Tough. Yeah. <laughs> Tough. <laughs> Tough. Anyway, um, you know, check us out. Um, if you want to get in touch, investoriespodcast at gmail.com, um, investoriespod on Instagram. Reach out, say hi. Uh, links are all in the show notes. And without further ado, here's Travis. All right, everybody, here we are on the Investories podcast. I am Kyle Robertson and the host, John Hooper, over here with me. And we are welcoming Mr. Travis Balcom. Thank you for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, so I know Travis from, well, I, man, when did we have a, the, the, the Maui Mastermind? That was back in September or was it August? It was at the I end of remember. August. So we met in August, but the next day it was September. That, oh, that's right. End of August. Okay, I got you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was precise. Yeah, well, it was ama- it was amazing, and, and I got to know Travis pretty well over the what was it five days that we were there. And Travis has got a super interesting story. Everything from you know fix and flips to storage units to ground up developments to near bankruptcy on more than one occasion, and and just some really cool stuff. So uh, Travis, we really appreciate you appreciate you being here. So. Um, you know, I guess we can kick things off by, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of giving us the the cliff notes of maybe your backstory and and because you've you've had a hell of a journey in real estate, kind of the ups and the downs and whatnot. So give us a give us all of our listeners kind of the once over. Yeah, sure. So uh, eleven years ago in August of 2012, I bought my first house. Um, before that, I was I was just completely miserable. I had read so many books on river or real estate investing. I'd read. Um, I'd met so many people. I had a, actually had a job in Dallas where I was like selling products to real estate investors and I would take the company card out and, you know, ask them all these questions about how do you flip houses, this sort of thing on the company. And uh, like I, I wouldn't have to pay for it. And so I was getting free advice and a meal out of it. And so we moved to a smaller town in Texas and I, uh, I was on unemployment and my wife was a nurse and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I sure remember telling her like, "Hey, we have twenty five hundred bucks in the bank account. Like, if if if, they, if we lost everything, it would be twenty five hundred bucks. So we don't have a lot to lose. And so uh, I I think I'm gonna buy this house. I met with this guy. He connected me with his banker. Banker said, "Yeah, we can do that. Given that you met, mentioned this person's name, real small town, because we can f- fund the entire thing. We'll fund the purchase, and we'll also fund the re- the renovations." As long as it appraises for more than those two things appraised for more than eighty percent, or for less than eighty percent of what the house value is, so I was like, okay, that's great because I don't really have any money to put down, and so because uh, I only have that twenty five hundred bucks. So that first house we bought, um, I paid forty grand for it, and I had a renovation of twelve grand, and that wasn't enough to actually hire anybody. I had to do all the work myself, which I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to paint really, kind of knew how to do this, but not really like do it professionally in a way that looks good and uh, how to set toilets, how to lay tile, all that stuff. Um, but when the first day I closed on it, I put the, put a for rent sign on there and it was amazing. That's all I did. Nothing online, nothing other than my cell phone number on a for rent side. And I got tons of calls, so many calls that I was like, it was getting in the way of working. And then, um, I rented it out before it was done. I rented it out before my first mortgage payment, which was great because I previously mentioned I didn't have any cash and so they paid my mortgage payment and I just remember the the when I was looking at the um, application they made more money than my wife and I but I owned the house and they were going to be paying me almost 30% of their um, income 
just to live in this house, which I did not think was a nice house. I was trying to make it as nice as possible, but man, it's like, you know, you for $800 a month, you can't make it very nice. <laughs> you just, you, there's things that you can't do. You gotta leave the old stove, you gotta leave the old fridge. Um, the You know, you gotta put down sticky tile as opposed to nice porcelain tile, that sort of thing. So I knew I had something and at that point, I was making, so the net on that was like 300 bucks a month and I was still on unemployment. And uh, given that I still didn't have a job, I was like, well, I'll just kind of milk the unemployment check until it goes away, which I think I had another six months. I was like, so then I ended up just going, okay, well, I think I can flip this other house in another part of town and uh, and the mortgage payment will be be like 500 and I make 300 from this comp- from for, from this rental that'll just pay for this mortgage or this mortgage for the, uh, for the flip. And then I'll like, then I, when I, when I like flip the house, if it's like a $20,000 or if it's like a $2,000 payment or sorry, that's a $2,000 bill to like a plumber, I'll charge, I'll tell the bank it was 2,200 and the other 200 bucks, I'll just take care of it, which is kind of shady. And I probably shouldn't have done that, but that's how I did it. And, and sure enough, man, I got that done and I listed it and, uh, and I sold it and made 22 grand. I was like, I think I'm figuring this thing, this whole thing out. And so, I can continue to go, but I figured there's probably some more. Don't you love real estate, though? It's I mean, stuff. It's, so funny. It's, it's so funny hearing you, you talk about it. You know, you, you get your first tenant, you're on unemployment, and you bought this house just because the bank kind of threw you a bone. And then you see the information on this tenant, and they make more money than you do. But they are now, you are now providing them housing. You know, it's, yes. it's just incredible. And, you know, did you know anything about, you know, creative financing and things of that nature back then? Or was this more or less just – because the way that I started was, all right, you buy real estate. I don't have that much cash. I'm going to go to a bank. You know, and, that, and that's – is that kind of the way that you started also? Yeah, and I, I took an intensive weekend. Um, like there was a – like in Dallas, there was a weekend. If you paid $500 – which I negotiated that I go, Hey, I'd like to come and I called them. And I was like, Hey, I'd like to come to your thing this weekend, but I only have 250 bucks. So can I, can I just come and pay you guys that I'll pay it to you right now. But, but can I just come this weekend and do that? And and so like I drove to Dallas and they were like, yes, thankfully. And, uh, and I, and it was like two days of like, this is how you rent out a house. This is how you renovate it. This is how you do all. It was basically an intensive one on real estate investing. And it was legitimate stuff that I would say anyone should go to. And, uh, and I think I, I think I had to stay with my in-laws or something. I didn't have enough money to stay at a hotel or maybe I drove all the way back and then drove, I can't remember, but it was like a two hour away at two hour distance from where I lived. And, uh, and that's, yeah. And so I, I knew enough about like the skeleton of how to do it. And I'd read enough books about how to do it. And then I was like, well, I think I should probably just try it. If it doesn't work, I, I don't have a lot of money to lose here. So we own a house, we own a personal house we can live in forever and I can file bankruptcy or whatever and be fine. So, uh, but no, I didn't know anything about like creative, how to buy a house. At that time, I did not know how to buy a house on like owner finance terms or anything like that. And so, um, that's never really worked well for me. I, I've only done that like two or three times and I kind of wish I'd never, I, I hadn't the few times that I did it, um, with storage facilities. Yeah, I, I'd I like to hear about this. It. So, um, but like we're actually all over at this point in May of 2023, all of the off, offers that we're making with storage facilities or seller finance offers so because nothing breaks eight and a quarter percent interest rate so it's the same in multifamily multifamily is exactly the same it's i was having a long conversation today about that very thing so yeah i think what's really interesting is that that piece of of the kind of uh investing in your education and like the 
the fundamentals right i'm i'm guilty of it jumping on youtube and googling complex things it's like do you know the fundamentals of buying a place renting it out getting good tenants and managing that process um in in terms of your i guess in terms of seeing these opportunities and kind of building that i I feel like real estate takes a hardened mindset what does what's that look like over the years to get to that point where you're like right i'm just going to go and do this and figure it all out and kind of keep going yeah man well you know i graduated high college in 2008 and i uh had a job I could have made a sales job I could have easily made a hundred grand on, and I just was like, I could not get out of the, out of bed, and so I was like, I'm just gonna quit this job. And at the time, there, this is back in 2008. At the time, there was all these retail stores going out of business, so I was like, oh look, like 27 coffee mates made you know, uh, you know, coffee makers. Like I bet I could sell those on eBay. Let's see how much they're going on eBay. And that was before the iPhone, so you would go, or that was before I had an iPhone. And so I would go home and be like Googling, you know, with my computer, like, oh, yeah, all right, so I can sell this coffee mate there for 38 bucks. You go buy and you buy them for $27. You sell them, you, try, you make a, make $200 to sell all those, you know, coffee mates. And so that was more enjoyable than working and getting a standard paycheck. But unfortunately, it wasn't paying the bills. And so I went to go work for a buddy. And then that didn't work out because I was working for a buddy. And, and then ultimately, that it turned into another kind of side business that worked a little bit and that just kind of navigated my real boring story but i navigated my way to working for a legitimate construction company um you know and and then that's um working for that i was like finally i made it and like i remember telling a mentor i'm like i found what i was going to do they wanted to put me on a gm track a general manager track and this is gonna be great i'll make like general managers can make quarter million dollars this is great you know and did that for 14 months and my boss got fired his boss's boss quit his boss's boss got fired is the the ceo was let go and i'm like no one knows me now in this entire executive level of of uh you know leadership here and so like everyone they brought in was like we don't like what travis is doing and i was i just remember i remember telling my wife i'm like i have 90 days to uh, find another job because I'm going to be fired. And, and sure enough, that's how I was on, on unemployment is 92 days after I said that to my wife, I got fired. And, uh, oh, geez. and, and so for me, it was like, I'm never going to get fired again. Like the, the complete uh, embarrassment and the shame and the guilt and the anger and the bitterness from, from taking a company from $4 million to 12 million and be like, this is my baby, like this is it. And then be like, oh no, it was just a job, like this is done. You all are the sacrifice, all the stress, all the late nights, the five AMs. Like I would I would wake up at five AM and start planning my routes to go talk to home builders. And then I would still I would come home at five PM and then I would spend another four hours like putting in bids and proposals because I just wanted to be the best. So like we're talking about a fourteen hour day, and then I just get canned one day because someone didn't like something I said. And I was like, this is never going to happen. If I put in an hour worth of work, I'm going to get an hour, I'm going to get an exponential amount of return because I'm never going just to let someone pay pay me to work. I'm going to work with equity. And so I was just, you know, when we moved to Waco where I live now, um, like I was like, I was getting job offers from good people, but I'm like, I just don't, just can't do it. And so I was like, just let me, so I got my real estate license and I started, I bought that house around the same time. And I was like, this will be fine. And so, and the crazy thing is like a real estate license, you have to hang out a, 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 with a broker. And so that was like a job, like you were you basically working to make the money. And it was, you know, like, so for me, it was like, I'm getting out of this. I'm just going to work for myself. Like if I want to, 
for if I'm going to put the effort in, 100% of the reward is going to be mine, and I'm not going to worry you know, worry about it moving forward. So that's that was my decision of like, I'm a bad employee. It's clear clear. I'm also kind of a bad real estate agent because I I kind of get annoyed that people just want to make emotional decisions to help me make a commission, and I'm kind of getting tired. I'm getting <laughs> low on cash here. And then I was like, I need to, um, you know, I need to, I just need to go full full send on the uh, the development slash house flipping house slash house renovating uh, row role, and I, I'm glad I did. It's not been an easy cakewalk, but it's been so much more enjoyable uh, yeah. than if I had a cube job or if I was working for that company I worked for in Dallas. So what was your uh, what was your degree in? You said you graduated from college. What yeah, did you get a degree? I, in? I got a degree. It's uh, it's perfect for what I'm doing, it's an anthropology. Oh, no way. Anthropology. And I was, I took a bunch of anthropology classes in college and (laughs) loved it. Honestly, I I probably could have, I probably could have got a degree in anthropology. Um, it was just, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. That's pretty pretty much it. Yeah. I was a first generation college student. So my parents are like, what are you studying? Like, that's fine. Yeah. You yeah, know, it, it ends in OG. So, you know, it must be something where you make a lot of money, right? I mean, yeah, I don't, I actually don't think, other than teaching anthropology, I don't think there's a way to make money in anthropology. Right. Paleontologists, but those are also professors that are going and digging dinosaur, dinosaur bones out of the ground. So, yeah, unless it's one of the, in the medical field, the OGs are like, uh, you, you got to be a scientist or something like that. You know, it's, that's yeah. not really. You and don't I, just I, rock up with any degree, right, Kyle? Uh, apparently not. It's well, kind of the same thing. Yeah. Well, I like talking about people that, I like talking to people about their college journey just because it's, it's funny, especially when you get into the, the real estate side of things. Like I have a college degree also, and I don't use it, not anymore anyways. I did for a while, and it's just interesting. What do you feel like you could have done with that money if you had actually not even gone to college in the first place? Did you have the mindset of being an entrepreneur while you were going to college, or was this just something where you were fed up with the corporate world? And you were like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go off on my own. Yeah, I didn't know it was called the – back then there wasn't you know 7 million podcasts and – you know, YouTube and all that. So like it was, I definitely had the entrepreneur bug and I would, I would do things like in high school, like instead of having a job, I would, uh, I would like, I would, uh, make hemp necklaces and sell them to my friends or like, uh, you know, like lead worship at like different churches to make money. <laughs> so you get 50 bucks there, like wash this is that my, my, you know, at the church cafeteria or whatever small town. That's pretty much all you had to do is church stuff. And so, um, so it was like, uh, yeah, I would do these like audit in jobs just to make a good amount of money. And then I'd be like, all right, cool. Well, I can, I can spend it. But yeah, I, I would say I was definitely an entrepreneur. I would buy a 12, 12, uh, I would buy a dozen donuts. This is my senior year of high school, a dozen donuts, bring them to the, um, I would eat two and then, and it was $4 and 25 cents for that dozen, which is crazy. What Donut inflation is outrageous, man. Oh, don't get me and, started. <laughs> so, so like, I would, now we're the real hot of the story. <laughs> I, would pay, I would buy a dozen donuts and then uh, eat two of them, normally two chocolate ones. Those are my favorites. Still today, my favorite. And then um, I would sell the other 10 away for a dollar each. So I'd make like enough money to buy uh, lunch that day. And so uh, I'd make 10 bucks. Cost of goods is four twenty five or whatever. So I'd put that for tomorrow's uh, donut purchase. And uh, I had like six bucks to go buy a couple of bean and cheese burritos at the taco shop. I was super excited for that. And so that's basically what I would do. And my parents would give me four bucks for, for lunch too. So I would, you know, I was like, you know, making like $14 a day doing nothing but enjoying and 
given to, given to everyone uh, in the high school, like everyone that wanted to pay me a dollar, you know, the happiness of a donut. And, and I thought that was great. And so, um, but as far as like the money I use, I, I would say with my degree, um, it taught me how to read people. And I would also say those that have a liberal arts degree tend to be able to think outside of the box. And the people who have engineering, accounting, um, construction management, all those like more like rigid, um, rigid, you know, degrees, those people work for us. And so uh, we need the liberal arts majors, we need the liberal, um, liberal arts or liberal thinkers, I guess, liberal in the term of, you know, creativity, that sort of thing, the artistic expression, in order for the world to really churn, because, but if it was just for us, it'd be chaos. And that's why we need the integrators, the construction managers, that sort of thing. So I think it all kind of gels. I used to be like, man, I should have never gone to college. But if I wouldn't have gone to college, I wouldn't have worked for my my boss who I did landscaping and I was getting paid a lot of money doing landscaping. I was like, I'm just gonna work my butt off here, and uh, and he kind of saw that I was working really hard. He get he would say stuff. He's like, man, I've never been able to teach a white man how to use a weed eater before. You know, sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, well, I just really want to impress you and really really appreciate the right. sort of thing. And then and then he gave me a really old copy of uh rich dad poor dad it was like you know things are cracking the cover was cracking everything and i just kind of sat on the shelf i'm like whatever man i'm gonna want to do that and then i heard somebody i can't remember who it was i think it was gary keller talk about rich dad poor dad gary keller or keller williams uh, talking about rich dad poor dad i was like i remember having that book somewhere and i found it and i just read all of it like in like a, i think a week or two and i'm like my life has changed like this is, i'll never have a job ever and yeah. so um, if it wasn't for college, I would have never found that met that guy, and and then I would have never read the book, or I'm sure it would have taken me a lot longer to read the book, and maybe I wouldn't have found the book. And so um, I really am thankful for my college experience for that. But yeah, actual studying, the degree I got in, not really practical or useful. I think it just helped me think a little bit. I think it helped me write uh, and uh, think abstractly uh, more than it would have if I wouldn't have gone to college but yeah it should have never cost it cost me 48 grand it's cost people now 160 grand and they're making even yeah. less money so i think i think mm-hmm. that, i wouldn't say it's a, a, a like a farce or like a criminal act but i would say that there's no way in hell it should be cost it, it, there's no way in hell it should cost what it's costing for a kid to go get an education in america today that's just there's a value piece right to it now which is you really have to weigh up that value Um, that's fascinating about Rich Dad Poor Dad we've had that so many times come up as like the book I I was thinking about it this weekend which was it's almost like it unlocks a door and the book you go through the door and read the book and when you come out the other side it's like oh I've just changed my whole perspective I'm in a whole other room that's kind of how I I think I saw it um, absolutely Thank you for listening to part one of this uh, amazing interview. Uh, please reach out, investoriespodcast at gmail.com if you have any questions, or investoriespod on Instagram. Uh, I think also the same on, on TikTok. Reach out, connect. Uh, we're always happy to hear from you, happy to get questions, and we'd love to get you on the show if you want to come on and discuss uh, any questions you have or anything you're thinking about or any tactics or strategies. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, Tuesday Techers, where we're going to dive into the kind of techniques and the strategies and that side of things. So uh, looking forward to connecting with you all tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Investories Podcast. We all have a story. 
what's yours? The Investories Podcast.